Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The Revolutionary War surrounds the celebration, as you know, of July 4th. It didn't come out in this beautiful time. It was in very difficult times where we're celebrating today fireworks and all the fun things. But it was really hard times, wasn't it? And at the heart of it all were convictions deeper than simply a riotous spirit. The Declaration of Independence was far outside of what any saw of freedom at that time. Cutting ties with Great Britain gave no safety to a meager 13 colonies. America was to be on her own, and everything rested on those opening words of the Declaration. I'll just read them to you. When, in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind require there the causes which impel them to the separation. That's one long sentence. If independence for our nation was rightful separation of lawful order by nature's God or the Creator, then the baptized into Christ have received a greater freedom created and given by our Heavenly Father. It stands against all the evils that would ensnare and entrap us in a sinful world. This separation is the work rendered by the Spirit-filled Word. God caused the separation in your baptism, and it was good news. St. Paul tells us what that means today. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. Christ keeps declaring his word of grace to receive by faith alone, while such security and that kind of freedom freely shares it, shares the victory. Luther says these wonderful words. For the church was always best when it was living among the worst people. Seventy-two disciples sent out by Jesus proves how the gospel has high priority and will never be a private or a personal belief system. Safety in Christ is to never miss the promise before life. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. There is no question over who does the sending of his disciples, right? Jesus said, go your way. This way already had a course marked out. Behold, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Great. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. 
When you think about that, such a call seems foolish and impractical. You're going to go out as lambs and there's wolves, but don't take anything with you. However, what Jesus makes known is that anything less than his word can become an idol. Later, he'll tell them to take a money bag and do what you need to do. But here in this text was a true test of the power and authority of Jesus' word. That's what they would go with. Those he sends are by no means sinless, immune to the world's ways, and certainly will face the devil's threats. So to strip those 72 disciples of their securities would lead them to a simple trust, his word. And in the same way, as God's word became flesh, Christ took with him no princely robes, royal riches, or anything from heaven, did he? He just came as the word become flesh, and at last to suffer and die for an idolatrous world that has no place for the word. And so God puts that word on the cross as a perfect proclamation of freedom. Since your names are written in heaven, it means Christ's word alone is our strength and shield. And so a free land like ours faces lots of problems. It just kind of comes with freedom sometimes, right? Sinful exploitation, political tyrannies, and all kinds of threats. We're to neither lack preparation nor be unwise with freedom. However, here's the thing. Religious freedom, which we all cherish, for the Western church, though, has made reliance on securities the priority and less need for what Jesus says. It invites false dreams that would contradict or change the gospel. So in other words, we can't give up the security. It may be, so we're going to keep away from our Lord's faithful word. But it says, it causes a kind of willful blindness too. You know that because, oh, there, there's no wolves. There's a willful blindness. Yes, there is. Dietrich Bonhoeffer saw a similar dilemma in World War II. He preached, To deny oneself is to be aware only of Christ and no more of self. To see only him goes before, him who goes before, and no more the road, which is too hard for us. Once more, all that self-denial can say is, Jesus leads the way. Keep close to him. What God gave in baptism holds the victory of Jesus upon our lives. He calls forth a reversal of the world's values. And yet the workers are few. So pray. Since his word alone keeps calling out for the harvest. But the harvest is not going to be with combines and all the conveniences we have today that make it so nice. It's the same harvest it's always been. 
a delivering of the word, a speaking of the word, a suffering with the word. And you wonder why it's hard to find pastors entering the seminaries. Because it's the word they are to cherish. And that's not easy in a world today, and even in churches, that want to keep securities and lose their center on the word of Jesus. There's no question over the agenda our Lord set for his disciples. You heard it. God's good news came summed up by saying, peace be to this house. Of course, this peace is the call for all to repent and believe Christ as Savior of sinners. That's the peace. It's peace marked with the quality that only God's grace gives and as promised by his word. And so remember how later the risen Jesus spoke that same kind of greeting in the house of his fearful disciples, right? On Easter morning, he appears and he, do he does what he told them already to do. But he does it perfectly. He tells his fearful disciples, peace be with you or peace to you. Jesus makes speaking his peace of forgiveness and this hope the priority of those he sends. The gospel is cut and dry when it works and delivers forgiveness. Those who are sons and daughters of peace bound are inbound to a fellowship shared by that faith in Christ. And yet the reject this word also rejects the messengers. And it leaves not only the individual alone, but sometimes we forget it actually even leaves whole communities in darkness. Your names are written in heaven. So speak his word of salvation freely. The gospel will affect lives. That's the promise. We just do not control the outcome. That's the problem. Jesus said to his, desi his desire was for a town, was to heal the sick in it, and to say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. To heal means to show mercy to sinners. So get out of your mind medicine. That's a small thing compared to all the healing God sees that needs to be done for us. So show mercy. And with that mercy, the message of forgiveness to share. As Jesus' own suffering took upon himself our punishment, right? His word of the cross proclaimed forgiveness in full. What pulls this goodness apart is neither the word or the messengers. It belongs to any who reject what God gives by the saving work of his spirit. Judgment is worse today than it was because here's the thing, the degree of sin against the law isn't the big thing. It's to those who have no room for the gospel. The word and sacrament is how the kingdom of God comes near to heal and help. Laziness to these gifts of God can breed indifference. Just like Jesus' woes over the towns you heard today he visited him repeatedly, especially Capernaum. That was his main mission place. 
and yet they became indifferent to his word. And so how encouraging is it that the Savior does not give up on us so easily? The called ministers of his word are to keep the gospel before the church. That for you that we talk about as Lutherans is out of yourself is not your self-declaration. It comes as good news that God takes his stand for you today before your life with all goodness and mercy. That's the freedom. It's not in your hands, it's in his. And so take and eat, take and drink, give and shed for you. Those sent already knew rejection. You heard about it last Sunday. But they had an unexpected outcome. Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And of course, it was not them, but his word that held authority and the truth against the darkness. And so Jesus said what they didn't see. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. The grip of Satan fails whenever the confession of Christ enters the conversation of life. It doesn't have to be a convention. It doesn't have to be in, even in a church setting, but even in our families and our homes. He gathers Jesus, and he also separates for a more glorious light to shine. And so an early church father describes it this way. In one second, Satan fell beneath the victory of the cross. Ordinary people were anointed of their mission and were highly successful. And a second, through miracles of healing those in pain, sickness, and evil spirits. So, divine protection and power from Christ came to his baptized. Often we overlook and we marginalize this in our own lives before all the fears. There's been many the past couple years. Satan and all his followers know how to put on a poker face. To call their bluff means looking beyond not just death, but even life. Jesus says to his followers, the sheep of his fold, you heard today, nothing will hurt you. You know how the early church started out and much hurt came. But here's the thing. Rejoice, your names are written in heaven. That's what Jesus is talking about. So celebrate his word at work in this life. Boldness with the gospel must overcome personal freedoms and safety nets. Just as much as facing suppression and distress. That's a big challenge in a free country, getting beyond our personal freedoms and safety nets. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At the present, it is quite the war zone with the gospel, and it will be that way until the last day. When looking at the battle, Celebrate life, Christians. And as Lutherans, you know, life is justified. But the one who steps into our life with all that he's poured out 
of love for us in the cross. Many are lost with death today as their way of life. And so our Lord's Supper upholds this freedom with the risen life of Christ who takes hold of your life and mine. He wills to be present with his true body and blood as love unhindered under bread and wine. A union between Jesus and us is unshaken before life. How will this not bind us together to bear one another's burdens? If the church cannot live out this love of life from the one who loves us, the world will not do it for us. The world's going to always get it wrong, and it will die in its own kind of darkness, but not you. You already have the one who loves us by grace. So, safety in Christ comes by his ministry. Depend on him, for he sees the greater peace given. I know you don't see it. I don't see it either. But Jesus sees it greatly. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Amen. The peace of God that passes on understanding be with your hearts and minds. In Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.